Hi, everybody. Welcome to this edition of It's Brewing at McEwing, a USF baseball podcast. It is Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. We are entering the second week of the USF baseball season. Uh, It's been kind of an interesting start to the year. Uh, Initially, uh, two of the weekend games from opening weekend uh, got rained out. Uh, Luckily, the Bulls were able to play against Indiana State uh, this this Monday, earlier this week. But uh, now we actually just got an announcement that tomorrow's uh, Friday game, at, uh, which was supposed to be a night game, has been moved to 1 p.m. I believe that's due to weather. There is a little bit of rain in the forecast for tomorrow night. And um, so the game got moved up a little bit earlier. And so... In our show today, it's going to be a little bit of a different structure. Uh, I'm not able to record at the same time as Matthew and John, so I'm kind of doing a little solo segment for you guys first, and then Matthew and John are recording later today, and we're going to combine the two uh, the two recordings to make one show. So basically what I'm going to be talking to you all about today is just um, – a little bit of a different topic. Um, I want to actually dive a little bit into USF softball and how their season has been going so far. And in addition to that, I also do a little bit of a preview for this upcoming series with Marist. I'll kind of just be focusing on uh, what this program kind of brings as a whole and talk a little bit about some of their key uh, hitters to look out for. And then when Matthew and John record, Later tonight, they'll be talking a little bit more about the Maris series and just some of their thoughts on on the season so far and what they're looking for out of the Bulls this weekend. So with that out of the way, let's kind of jump into the segment about USF softball. So they're actually entering their third week of the season. They started a week earlier than baseball. And the season's been going pretty well for them so far. Uh, they have a 7-3 and three record. Uh, they played mostly home games, a lot of northern schools coming down to take advantage of the good weather here in Tampa. Uh, with a 7-3 and three record, though, they're they're pretty competitive. And actually today, they're going to be facing off at home against, in a doubleheader, two of the top 10 teams in the country. So that's a great uh, opportunity for, for the Lady Bulls. Um, and uh, in addition to that, you know, kind of just taking a look at you know, which players have kind of helped uh, the Bulls get off to this good start that they have. I think a lot of it starts with uh, pitching. And in softball, you can pitch a little more often, pitch more innings. And this team has really relied upon two key pitchers, uh, Peyton Dixon, who was a redshirt freshman for USF last year, and she was the team's ace last season. Uh, She's doing much of the same. Uh, that she did last year. She has a 1.25 year array and in 28 innings pitched already just through two weeks of the season. So she's dominant as usual. And then another interesting thing is that we were able to recruit uh, by many accounts, the top junior college softball pitcher in the country. Uh, her name is Belle Sarja. And she won two national championships with Florida Southwestern College. They're down there in Fort Myers, I believe. And she has adapted extremely well to the Division I level, being almost as dominant as Peyton 
she has a 1.77 ERA in 27 and two-thirds innings. So the fact that now the Bulls have two aces uh, from a pitching standpoint on the softball team is really advantageous. And also just wanted to give a quick shout-out to uh, Julia Apostolakos, um, who's been a really good complimentary pitcher for the Bulls. Uh, she's actually a true freshman from New Jersey, and she's pitched 11 innings and only has a 3.18 ERA, so she's doing pretty well also. Um, and then from like looking at the lineup and what, what's been clicking for the Bulls to get off to a good start as a team, a lot of it uh, offensively comes from some players that have been with the program. Um, most notably, I would give a shout out to um, Alana Rivera. And she she was the USF's uh, shortstop back in 2022. And then the last year, she missed the entire season with an ACL, I believe. And now she's back and uh, through the first two weeks of the season has been pretty incredible. Uh, she has a 474 batting average while playing a solid shortstop. Uh, she has a 1,284 OPS, so she's playing at a really, really high level. It's great to see her back and healthy. And another thing that's helped out offensively is uh, Alexa Galagani was a freshman last year. She's really taken a leap forward. I think as a freshman, her her hitting was okay, but now she's definitely taken a leap forward. She's batting 308 on the season, on the young season. And there's still a lot to be uncovered with the batting order, I feel like. Last year's best hitter for the Bulls was Marissa Tribblepiece. I mean, she was a complete package last year, had over a 1,000 OPS. She's off to a little bit of a slow start, currently hitting 154 in 26 at-bats. But this is someone that has a lot of experience, a lot of power. And um, when she gets back to producing like the numbers she had last year, that's just going to be – a really big boost for this Bulls lineup. Also, Josie Foreman, a veteran catcher, is playing a lot. Um, Kathy Garcia Soto, who stepped in to the shortstop role last year while Alana was out uh, when she was on when Kathy was only a freshman. She's kind of just now playing in the middle infield, uh, complimenting Alana. And the experience she got last year as a freshman is is definitely helping her. So she's a good contributor in the middle infield. And additionally to that, the Bulls have also gotten a nice boost to their lineup from uh, a transfer, a, a veteran transfer, actually. I think she's a grad transfer from Pittsburgh, who last year in her senior year with Pittsburgh put up really good stats, uh, really productive hitter, power, the whole package pretty much. And uh, USF is able to get her, I think, as a senior or as a grad transfer just for this one season. Uh, her name is uh, Bailey Drapala, and in the in the seven games she's played so far, she's batting five eighty three. Uh, she already has a home run, four RBIs, four doubles. Uh, so she she has been very productive, and so that's a great great addition. And the Bulls needed to make a move like that, especially considering that they lost Vivian Pawn who was a really big hitter for the Bulls for the last few years. So a really good job, I think, by by Coach Erickson, retooling, recruiting in some big pieces, especially getting a second ace from the JUCO ranks in Bell Sarja and getting a, a really good experienced Division I hitter 
in, in Bailey Drapala. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens uh, this weekend as the Bulls play in this South Florida Invitational. Again, today they're playing two of the top 10 teams in the country, uh, number four, Washington, and they're playing against number eight, Oklahoma State. So that's an exciting map series of matchups right there. The rest of the weekend, they have played some pretty decent teams as well. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and Yale. So really exciting to see uh, the Bulls uh, really having a good start to the year. They're always a really consistently solid program, uh, except last year they missed their first – and it was the first time they missed the NCAA tournament since 2017. So uh, they're really looking to get back to the NCAA tournament, which is where they usually are. And uh, they're definitely off to, to a good start on that quest. So that's kind of my update on USF softball. Just want to now pick it to looking ahead to the Marist matchup for USF baseball this weekend. So Marist uh, is a school from upstate New York. They play in the MAAC. I think that's the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Uh, we've seen other schools from this conference come down and play USF a couple years ago. Niagara came down, played USF. Um, it's a not not really one of the higher ranked conferences in Division One baseball, but has some solid solid programs from time to time. Uh, Marist is a team that's under a second year head coach. Uh, his name is Lance Rashford. Um, he he came to Marist from Division Two, where he was a really productive Division II coach. They had won two, his Division II team, uh, SUNY Cobleskill, had won two conference championships in a row uh, before he was hired to take over Marist last season. And his first season with Marist, they didn't quite probably produce how they wanted to. They had a 16-36 and 36 record, and they finished number 270 in the RPI out of about 300 Division I teams. So they were one of the lower finishing teams last season, but – this coach seems to have brought in some pretty good pieces and they seem to be to be building uh, pretty quickly, actually, to try to rebound and, and become a better program. They have a freshman sh or they had a freshman shortstop last year who played incredibly well as a fresh true freshman. He had a 946 OPS and coming into this season, uh, his name is Bayram Hot, and he. He's, he was the MAAC preseason player of the year. So definitely a, a very talented sophomore shortstop that you're going to see from Marist. And in addition to that, I think this team, uh, their strength is their batting order. Uh, their pitching is had really not a good season last year. I think their team ERA was like 10. And even this season – when they started their opening weekend against Southern Miss, they definitely struggled with command. I think they had a lot of walks, like 20 or more walks across three games. But I'll let John and Matt kind of get more into that later. But uh, from a from a batting order, from a hitting standpoint, they have, I want to say, four or five guys that are back from last year's team who all bat, batted over 300 last year. So they're, they, they're a capable club at the plate. And in addition to that, they have – a a freshman center fielder named Luis Rodriguez, who in his first weekend of college baseball on the road at Southern Miss, uh, had a really productive weekend. And I believe he was named the MAAC freshman of the week. Um, so a really 
uh, really a decent lineup that this team has. Um, they also had a their right fielder, Johnny Decker, went 5 for 12 in opening weekend. He's a graduate student. Um, so this team can, can definitely hit. It's really going to come down to can USF pitch as well as they did last week? Because I feel like last week the Bulls really showed a lot of good progress on the mound. Uh, pitching staff had great control. I think we had like 21 strikeouts to only four or five walks across three game, two games. So really impressive. Um, so if the USF can can pitch like they did last week, um, keep this lineup in check, and we can get our bats to wake up, I think that you could be looking at a really good weekend for the Bulls. Again, it's going to be a four-game series, uh, one game on Friday, two games on Saturday, and a game on Sunday. Uh, but with that, I'll let uh, Matt and John take over the rest of the show. Now we're going to look forward to the uh, four-game set that USF Baseball has with uh, Marist University this weekend. Um, we're going to be kind of taking a dive in from the pitching standpoint. Um, I'm here with Matt Jardino, this is John Kaplan, and we're going to continue the Bruin at McEwen baseball podcast. Uh, Matt, um, I know you've been looking into some of Marist University's uh, starting rotation and what they have going on from the from a pitching standpoint. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, uh, so particularly I'm looking at Friday starting out. They uh, they had a guy named Tyler Hartley uh, that started for them. He went four innings, gave up four earned runs. Um, you know, not not the best start for him, but uh, he did have uh, someone come in in relief after him uh, named Brian Yetter, uh, and he pitched four scoreless innings. Uh, for them with only one walk, no hits, three strikeouts. So for me, I think the Friday matchup, it'll be pretty interesting to see, you know, if uh, Tyler does struggle again, if, uh, you know, if Brian Yetter is going to come in and relieve him because uh, he, he had some good stuff, especially against a tough team in uh, Southern Miss. Um, but with that being said, John, uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, Hunter's chances on, on Friday night? Um, to be honest, I, I really like what uh, we've seen from a limited sample size with our starting rotation. Um, we will get into a little bit more of that a little bit later on, but uh, I think that um, Mink kind of solidified his spot as a front end of the rotation guy. I think both uh, both starters really did if, if – um, if I'm saying, if I'm telling the truth on that, because I, I, I think their starts were pretty identical. Both of them went five innings, had seven Ks. Uh, I don't think either one of them had a walk on the night. So um, both of Jack's runs were unearned, and uh, I think Hunter gave up one earned. Um, both of them had really good starts, and we have uh, kind of some a lot to look forward to and, and what we haven't seen as well both from uh, Dom Madonna and uh, Matt Brown. Uh, what do you know about uh, Matt Brown coming into this weekend? Because that was kind of a question mark for me because I know he went to, uh, I think, St. Pete, St. Pete Community College, and then uh, he he played pretty well there last season, coming off one of his best seasons, yeah? Yeah, definitely. He uh, He's a really strong kid. I've seen him around uh, around the stadium. 
I saw him last weekend, and he he definitely could be an imposing figure on the mound, and he had a really good season, like you mentioned, at the JUCO level last year. He pitched 50-plus innings, had 80-plus strikeouts, um, you know, just an overall workhorse on the mound, and I think uh, at this level, it, it translates really well with his physique, and, uh, you know, he's got a good pitch mix as well. Uh, and the interesting thing about him is he actually originates from Canada. Um, so for him to come to Florida to play college baseball, I, I think that's a really interesting story as well. No, that really is interesting. And uh, also on the other end of that is Don Madonna. He's the uh, redshirt senior, um, somebody I've been high on from the start. I said uh, he kind of took uh, – Siebert's place from last year on who I had as like a dark horse for the weekend rotation. And um, before all the rain happened this past weekend and washed out opening weekend kind of throughout the state, um, Madonna was slotted for the Sunday start. So um, he's coming off of his best season as a uh, college athlete. He third team also uh, a son. And I think he was like 23rd in the nation in terms of uh, wins. He, he went eight and three overall with, I think, a six and three or a seven and three record in conference. Um, really shined last year. And um, I, I'm really excited. Like you mentioned, the pitch mix with Brown. I th- I'm really excited to see his pitch mix because he can add, he, he has a good velo, but he's also got control of three pitches. And I think that's huge for a starter at this level. So, um, I really want to uh, tip my hat to uh, Coach Mole out there, though, because I I think that early on, you know, from what little we have to go off of, you know, speaking of the rain and all that, one thing that has really shined through, in my opinion, has been our pitching. Um, Hunter, like I said, was uh, was electric in his opening start. And then uh, the other night I was able to catch up on um, Jack's start. I was watching the game like on demand. And, uh, man, the growth that I've seen from him just from his freshman year and also, I mean, also all throughout last year. But the difference that the, he's made the biggest jump from this past season to this season, in my opinion, um, all of his pitches just seem to have so much more life. And uh, I think that has to do with the added velo. Um, I mean, he looks like a different guy too. I think he put on like 30 pounds, but uh, he's added like two to three miles per hour uh, consistently on his fastball. And that's just adding so much sinking life on, on his uh, fastball and his cutters got so much more life. So um, I'm really excited to see, um, cause if, if, if we get some quality performances out of the two starters that haven't gone yet, I mean, it would seem that, you know, the sky's the limit for this rotation. I mean, would you agree, Matt? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think another thing that I noticed too, from Jack, uh, in his last start was just his overall mound presence and, you know, having seen him pitch for, you know, going on his third year. He's just matured in in so many ways, and he looks so much more composed than he did when he came in as a freshman. So I think uh, all the experience that he's had pitching a great game last year at Long Beach State, um, you know, it's it's really shaped him up to have a really good season. I'm I'm pretty excited for that. I'm glad that you mentioned that because you could really see. Uh... 
you, I mean, his freshman year, even even early on in his sophomore, you you could see him probably losing his head a little bit if those errors that were occurring um, in this game against Indiana State had that happened earlier on in his playing days, you could see that start kind of slipping away from him. But um, he stuck to what he he stuck to what he knows. He worked down, and I was just really really impressed uh, with everything that he delivered uh, on on it was Monday, right? Yeah, it was. Um, so uh, also um, our bullpen, you know, that had, that was kind of a question mark going in. You know, it wasn't a question mark in potential, but it was more so in execution because there was a lot of a lot of new names, you know, and that's what that article I've mentioned was like. We have enough talent in the bullpen to make a, a serious run. So um, I was really impressed with. Um, Aiden Longoria and um, also Peyton Jula. What did you think of uh, our bullpen's performance? Yeah, definitely. I, it, I think it was really good to to see them get out there and uh, obviously make their debut for the Bulls. Aiden looked really strong in his outing, uh, as did Peyton. Uh, really, really impressed with uh, with Aiden and and his uh, his live arm out there and just his overall. Presence for being a freshman, he, he's looking pretty solid. Um, but one thing I want to go back to as well is, uh, you know, talking a little bit about the Marist pitching staff. And I previously mentioned what we're, you know, we're, what we're going to be looking at for the Friday night game. But uh, on Saturday, at least, you know, looking at early results, it's pretty similar to, to what we were expecting on Friday with the Saturday starter. He only went three innings pitched gave up three earned runs, uh, you know, basically a earned run per inning, just like the Friday night guy. And uh, I think one thing that the Bulls, at least the lineup is going to have to do is stay patient with these Maris pitchers. Uh, this guy that pitched on Saturday, his name is Riley Orr. He ended up having four walks in his outing. Uh, like I said, gave up three earned runs, also gave up five hits. So there's plenty of opportunities out there for our offense to, to get going. And, uh, one thing I, I will say is we do need to hop on these starters pretty early in the game because there's a couple of guys in their bullpen that are looking pretty good. For example, this guy, uh, Ty Morris, he uh, pitched the last three innings of that Saturday ball game. He went three innings and he only gave up uh, one hit, only one walk, two strikeouts, no earned runs. So it does seem like you know where they might be lacking in terms of their starting pitching. Uh, they do have some guys that are, you know, pretty solid, long relief type of pitchers. Uh, so I, I think the key to success there will be for us to to really pounce on those guys early. Good to know. Um, so I, I, th- I don't think that'll be an issue. I think that uh, one thing that our guys excel in is, you know, seeing pitches and uh, challenging pitchers. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, if there's, uh, so what else did you, uh, what else are you looking forward to in terms of getting back into the ballpark? You know, it's been a while since we've had a full weekend at the ballpark. I know I'm excited. I'm going to get my nephew out there. I, I'm, he's, he's excited to see the guys. What are you looking forward to, Maddie? Yeah, I mean, I'm really hoping that the the rain holds off. Last weekend was kind of a bummer. We, you know, obviously we had a a pretty exciting tournament scheduled, and 
unfortunately, uh, I was only able to attend the Friday night game against UConn. Uh, we didn't get a chance to see Louisville. And uh, ultimately, that Indiana State game was in the middle of a work day. But the thing I'm looking forward to most is, you know, being able to watch three or four games and, you know, not be affected by rain, which unfortunately the, the Friday game is already uh, looking like it's being affected a little bit by rain. The six o'clock start time being moved to one o'clock. Um, so that's a little bit unfortunate. But in terms of the team, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the continuation of the improvements that we've made on the pitching staff. Um, you know, overall, we pitched 18 innings last week and, uh, you know, we only gave up, I believe, two or four earned runs. Uh, yeah, th- I think it was four earned runs overall. Um, so just continuing to see that, continuing to see a seven to one strikeout to walk ratio. If we keep that up, you know, we're, we're going to be in a solid spot uh, going forward. Yeah, I'm glad that you said something about the strikeout to walk ratio because, um, you know, early on we knew that walks were going to be an issue last year. Um, and this year I think uh, both of our starters have – I think I think actually we've only given up three walks as a staff uh, throughout the entire season. That stat may be incorrect, but I, I don't think that it is. Um, we've been doing a lot better on that side of the – on that side of the staff, and I, that, that really fires me up because uh, that's something that I always focused on when I was pitching. I didn't like walking people. It's uh, unforced errors, you know, it's just, those are killers. But um, so with how we've seen everything kind of blow up with USF basketball, um, you know, you see how electric that environment is. And I, I kind of wonder, you know, how, how do we get to that place from like a fan engagement standpoint um, at the red, you know, because it's like we have a core of us, you know, with the parents included, because some of the parents are just, you know, they're ready to go at the drop of a hat. You know, um, they're just as passionate as some of us. So um, with with the, the combination of like the core group of people that we have with and then the, the parents as well. I mean, we have we have the passion, but like, where do we get the? How do we get the numbers, and how do we get the fan engagement to kind of start a new culture or or continue to build the culture that we have at the Red? Because I feel like it has the potential to just be an electric atmosphere there. Oh yeah, and I, I think a lot of that too. It comes from uh, you know string wins together, and you know ultimately you know being in contention. I think as the uh, as the uh, you know conference season gets going, if we start to you know put some early series wins together, I think that will uh, start to pique a lot of people's interest. And you know, baseball season—it's a long season, um, but if we could stack some wins early in the season and ultimately build some momentum going into conference play where it matters, I think uh, you know we should start to see a lot more people coming out to the red. Indiana State was a super regional team, were they not? Yeah, they were. So on paper, it's like for, you know, for the weekender fans that are just casuals, you know, it's easy to look at a loss, a 5 nothing loss in Indiana State and be like, oh, my God, oh, you know, here we go again. But how do you – it's like how do you educate the masses that, 
hey, you know, this this was actually a really good baseball team, you know. So it's like uh, I think that the I think that a huge problem is like a lot of people don't really know baseball, you know, and um, th- you don't have to be a power five school to be relevant. And and we're seeing that in, with so many good teams in our conference this year. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see, um, you know, the potential for for the environment at the red is just something that I cannot wait to see when it's finally fulfilled. I think you you end up making a really great point there. And I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, people are seeing a, a name like Indiana State and, you know, Indiana State in general doesn't get a lot of media media attention. I mean, they got a little bit earlier this year with basketball because they were having a pretty good year and they got ranked for the first time. And I would say like 40 years or something. But, you know, when you look at a team like Indiana State in baseball, you know, they're significantly better than a team like Michigan. But at the same time, everyone's going to be like, oh, Michigan is going to come to play. You know, they're a big deal. But it's a really interesting thing to ponder. Um, But ultimately, I I think the the winning solution is to keep winning and and putting together, uh, you know, some good streaks here. And uh, getting off to a really good start in the conference play. Yeah, I think uh, in terms for this weekend, personally, um, I'm pretty sure that Marist was like 170th RPI to finish last year. Um, I didn't from from the light reading I did on them, they didn't do anything and major enough to really merit anything other than a series win for us uh, in order for this to be a successful weekend, in my opinion. Um, I don't want to put the car before the horse, but I just know that the, I know the talent that we have and um, our bats haven't even gotten going yet. You know, we had, I would call it untimely hitting, you know, uh, against Indiana state, Uh, Bertrand kept it going uh, and, and Mayo even got the bat going. Um, so I think that we're going to put everything – we're going to start getting everything going in the right direction and getting it all going at the same time. I think that the lack of congruency with our playing schedule and everything, that does something to an athlete. And uh, I'm really freaking fired up to get our first full full weekend of uh, USF baseball this weekend and uh, get out on the right track and hopefully have a 4-2 and two record by the, by the end of the weekend. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the goal. The goal is to at least win this series. You know, it's always going to be tough with the doubleheader mix in there as well. Um, but ultimately, I think we got a far superior talent-wise um, in, in, with our team. Uh, but obviously, you know, anyone could be anyone on any given day. But I feel pretty strong about our Bulls going into this week. Uh, you mentioned um... – you mentioned the game start being moved up to 1 p.m. You said you're going to be able to make it there tomorrow? Uh, so I, I won't be able to make it there on, on Friday just because uh, I'll be working at that time. But, uh, you know, I, I really hope that there are some people that, you know, are able to to make it to the red and support the boys, especially, you know, get them off to a good start uh, going into this new weekend of baseball. Yeah, I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to do everything I can to get out there for sure. Um, That about wraps it up for this episode. Um, 
Is there anything else you wanted to uh, get in before closing it up, Matt? Uh, no, I think that's uh, pretty much it. The one last thing I did want to mention was just going back to uh, the pitching staff for Maris. Uh, they did have one solid outing uh, this weekend from from their starting pitchers, uh, and that was, was on the, the Sunday game. And uh, with that, they ended up uh, having a starter go five innings, and he only gave up one – or 5.2 er, – he went 5.2 innings and he only gave up two earned runs. Uh, that's a pretty good uh, effort, especially against a team that uh, they went to a regional last year. Actually, they I believe they hosted a regional, and uh, you know they they ended up making it all the way to the supers as well. And uh, you know he ended up going 5.2 innings, only gave up two earned runs. Same thing with uh, some of the other pitchers, though. I think the Bulls really need to pay attention to. Uh, you know, being patient at the plate, especially with these guys, uh, you know, coming out of the out of the gate, uh, starting the games. But you know, same story there though. They they do have some good relievers that can go multiple innings and and shut down the opposing offense. So, just that's the last thing I really wanted to talk about. And uh, I think the the Bulls have a, a really good chance going into this weekend. Honestly, that I just I, I love it, Matt. I love it. Um, I just want to throw uh, one more tidbit in there as well. Uh, this may be um, frowned upon, but I doubt it. Uh, just want to give a little shout out to our boy DC getting his first RBI um, for FSU uh, on the Tuesday game against Jacksonville in the first inning. He had a two run. Two run RBI against uh, two RBI single against uh, Jacksonville to open up scoring, and they ended up winning that one. So uh, I know I know our boys about to get hot. Just hopefully not against us. That uh, that wraps it up for another week at Bruin at McEwen. Uh, it's John. I'm with Matt, and uh, as always, go Bulls, horns up, and we'll see you at the red this weekend.